We may have gotten more answers for Auburn's quarterback battle. Also, is Camden Brown a natural wide receiver? Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. We're going a little off script on this Wednesday. Lance Daw, writer at Auburn Daily, also host of Locked On Kentucky. Joining us, Lance, you were at practice yesterday. And really, it seems like the biggest takeaway from practice yesterday was the fact of, okay, all the quarterbacks, the whole team is together, which is exciting, kind of a sign of progress over the course of building up to the season. But the quarterback situation, in the 20 minutes that you guys were able to see, TJ Finley took all of the reps with the ones, and Zach Calzada and Robbie Ashford rotated reps with the twos. Was the feeling that TJ's kind of in the lead as you guys were kind of all walking off of the practice field yesterday? Yeah, it certainly kind of feels that way right now, Zach. And I'm going to be honest with you. I know that we're only, what, three or four days into fall camp right now. I'm still just shocked that they have not started splitting things up uh, between maybe TJ Finley, Zach Calzada. That kind of feels like the, the way the battle is going to lean as fall camp goes on. But yeah, I'm certainly surprised right now that he is taking not just the majority, but all of the reps that we've gotten to see uh, with with the first team offense with Tank Bigsby. So it does kind of feel like he's in the lead right now. I, I can only assume that whenever they are, they don't have media out there, whenever they're practicing, they maybe mix things up a little bit. So maybe they're trying to show us stuff that they're, maybe they're not trying to show us some things that they don't want us to see. But yeah, TJ Finley right now, still with the ones, still out there clicking. And uh, it, it, it feels like as camp goes on, we will start to, to see some things change because I cannot sit here and say and reassure myself like, no, he's just going to be starting with the ones and he's eventually going to win the quarterback battle. I just I, I'm I'm very skeptical about the whole situation, Zach. Yeah, I mean, the setup of one guy getting all the reps with the ones and then the other two guys that are, quote unquote, in the battle in the quarterback competition rotating and splitting, going 50-50 with the twos, like that tells me, based on that, who the clear-cut leader is. And right now, that's right. T.J. Finley. So, Harson has said, over the course of the offseason, he has said that after the first scrimmage, he plans for it to kind of narrow down a little bit. That first scrimmage is Saturday, just a few days away. And we'll see. We will see what it looks like after that, assuming they continue to give us media windows. But that, to me, is going to be the biggest thing. You know, what is Brian Harson's report after the scrimmage going to be on Saturday? But look, I, I think there is a real push right now that TJ Finley is leading amongst the quarterbacks. And I, I read a lot of reports. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to go. And so folks like you and, and you know, Justin Ferguson and, and Justin Hokinson, you know, I read their their notes. And it sounds like TJ Finley, according to the notes that I read, Finley was the best of the three quarterbacks. And once again, we're talking about 20-minute period here. Mm -hmm. And the other two were wildly inconsistent. Is that what you saw when you were out there? 
I don't want to sit here and talk negatively about the the quarterback situation. I'm going to be honest with you, you, Zach. I want you to tell us what you saw. You know football. You know this sport. You've been following this just as close as anybody else. I want to know what you saw. I have not been particularly impressed with any quarterback Auburn has put out there. during. And again, like you mentioned, it's just 20-minute periods. It's just what we've gotten to see. I've not been impressed with any of them. And I, it's more of from a consistency standpoint. You talk about Robbie Ashford and Zach Calzada not being the most uh, efficient or, or the most consistent uh, out there whenever they've gotten opportunities to throw. I've seen a lot of accuracy issues with all three of these quarterbacks. One of the first throws that I actually got to see TJ Finley make uh, as I stepped out onto the practice field uh, earlier could have been a potential touchdown on a wheel route that he just whiffed on. Uh, so I've not been impressed with any of these three, but if I was to say, okay, which guy looks like the most comfortable out there, it it would be TJ Finley. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that he's been in the system for a while. You know, he's gotten opportunities to throw with these guys more often than some of these other guys. But to go back to what you were talking about with Brian Harson saying after the first scrimmage, we're going to see this quarterback battle kind of separate. We're going to see maybe some things change. As of right now, I'm still I'm still surprised. Maybe maybe I wasn't thinking about this the right way going into fall camp, but it kind of goes against what we kind of heard during the summer heading into fall camp is that Zach Calzada was doing everything he could off the field to kind of put himself in a position to maybe earn some respect and some opportunities within camp. We heard Brian Harson talk very highly of Calzada at SEC Media Days, and he's not gotten a whole lot, at least from what we've seen, He's not gotten a whole lot of opportunity to actually display what he can do with the first team offense. So they were they were splitting reps with the ones the first practice that we were able to go to. Right. You know, what what does that mean? But yeah, it does. TJ getting all the reps with the ones does not line up with with what the offseason narrative was. And to be fair, to be fair to TJ. The the narrative around Zach Calzada I think a big chunk of that was pushed by his quarterback trainer posting videos of him working out. Like if that would have happened with TJ, would that have happened, you know, more in, in Finley's direction? I think sure. that's an interesting thing because you know that doesn't matter. You know, when when he posted those videos of Zach Calzada working out and throwing with wide receivers, like that doesn't matter. I'm sure the coaches see it. I'm sure the coaches, you know, like knowing that he's putting in the work, but it doesn't matter as far as, you know, if he's not the best quarterback, it, it it's not going to amount to anything. Sure, sure. And I, to go back to what I was saying, again, I don't want to sit here and bash these kids. They're obviously early in fall camp right now. They're still working on things. I did not like what I saw from Robbie Ashford, at least during the opportunities that I got to see him throw mechanically. I, I like where he's at right now. It's just there are a couple of different things that he needs to work on footwork wise. You and I have talked about this off camera, just talking about Zach Calzada as the quarterback with his footwork. He's got to be more consistent with his base in order to be more consistent on his throws. He's got an incredibly strong arm. I mean, when you watch these kids throw, it is very, very clear that Zach Calzada, in my opinion, has the most arm talent out of these three guys that we've discussed, but he's got a lot of mechanical issues that kind of make him inconsistent and, I've not, again, just not been really excited about any of these guys, although I will say something that I did like out of Calzada, if we're going to be positive here, he was getting to run a couple different plays with the twos. Auburn sent pressure. He did not panic. He did not run from the pocket. He calmly stepped back 
and then got his shoulder into a throw on a Texas route to Jarquez Hunter coming across the field would have been a huge play had they not blown it dead. I like that. I like seeing him being able to withstand pressure. That's kind of been an issue with Auburn quarterbacks over the past couple of years, as we've seen. I like that out of him. I also like that out of TJ Finley. He was able to stand in the pocket and take a couple of hits last year. It's of course, whenever he needed to be able to kind of at least roll a little bit, Finley couldn't do that. So there's some things that you like about these quarterbacks. There's some things that you don't, but overall I'm a little worried right now, to be honest with you. Uh, I get it. I get it. But I also think that's where the scrimmage is going to say so much when pressure is coming. Can TJ Finley deliver more than he did in the, you know, the few games that he was able to start and play the end of last year? Cause it wasn't really there on a consistent basis. And so when the lights are on and you want to simulate that as much as you possibly can in a scrimmage, and they'll do that on Saturday, does TJ Finley take that step forward? That'll be huge. That will be huge. Non-quarterback players that stepped up. We'll share that in just a moment based on yesterday's practice right here on Locked on Auburn. I got to tell you about our friends at Bet Online. Look, the season's getting closer and closer. If you do not have a game plan that you're ready to rock and roll with when it comes to sports betting this season, luckily, you're not out of time, but you need to jump in and get everything ready to go. And Bet Online is the best place, it's the quickest place, and they have the most odds and lines of any other sports book. So be sure to check all of that out. Just search Bet Online. It's really easy from your, uh, your smartphone. Uh, I think that's the best way to do it. And make a deposit today and get ready for the season. Bet online where the game starts. Lance Dahl, writer at AuburnDaily.com, our guest today. And look, th- this Camden Brown hype is real. He looks very smooth. He is massive. It does not look like he is a true freshman that just enrolled here. I'm still, I'm still on the skeptical side of you know how big of a role is he actually going to have in 2022. But man, every time he takes the field the practice field and people get to watch him, you know, put helmets and pads on and run around and catch footballs. They gush all over this guy. Lance. I mean, did, did you fall victim to this yesterday as well? So before I answer that question, I just want to say I've not had a whole lot of opportunity to really step into any practice scenarios or to actually see uh, a football team or any of these kids actually practice or work on things. And you, you hear, sometimes about recruits or prospects coming out of high school that they're very raw and you know i don't really think you can understand what that means truly until you watch some of these younger kids that have been tabbed as raw prospects run through some of these drills camden brown is a physical freak he is a really really big receiver i absolutely love that about him he's got some speed he is just crazy to watch although i will say you, I think the definition of raw fits him perfectly. His sure. footwork is not perfect. There are a couple different things that he has to work on. But overall, I'm very impressed with what I've seen from him from a physicality standpoint. And look, he's gotten a little bit of opportunity to jump from that first practice where he was playing with all the younger guys to playing with the veteran guys almost yeah. immediately. That jump is definitely something that you kind of have to keep tabs on. Like you said, the question is, does he even have uh, any sort of significant role with the team this season? I don't know, I don't but either. all I know is that I was very impressed with what I've seen from him out of fall camp so far. Very impressed with what I saw from him uh, yesterday. Let's discuss briefly the starting offensive line yesterday from left to right. Zaire at left tackle. Tate Johnson 
at left guard, Nick Brahms at center, Cam Stutz at right guard, Austin Troxel at right tackle. Three of the five have been consistent every single day, and some the tackles on some days even playing starting tackles and the second string tackles with Zaire and Troxel. So you got to think, barring injury or something crazy happening, Zaire will start at left tackle, Nick Brahms will start at center, and Austin Troxel will start at right tackle. I think Cam Stutz is a starter at guard. Mm-hmm. And so now it's almost like there is a three-man battle for that other guard spot. Is it Keandre Jones? Is it Brandon Council? Tate Johnson has found himself getting more and more reps all of a sudden, and that's not really a guy I was expecting to, to hear a whole lot from this year. And he also could be Auburn's backup center as well, which means if you're a backup in multiple positions on the offensive line, you're probably going to play. So that, to me, I think is a little encouraging. I did say best-case scenario for the offensive line going into fall camp on last week's show was to rotate as many guys on offensive line as early as possible. Clearly, that's not happening at three, uh, really four of the five positions. And so I think that's kind of saying, hey, we're going to give you guys, if we believe in you, we're going to give you as many reps as possible. And so I I think our offensive line is almost set. Yeah, I almost feel like the situation that we have uh, on the offensive line in fall camp is is a much better situation than where Auburn found themselves last year. If you all remember, Auburn was still midway through fall camp, still rotating guys, trying to figure out, okay, which guy goes where. They had some injuries in camp as well last year. There was a lot of question marks about, okay, what is this final five going to look like? And that's actually something I believe Harson's harped on recently. It's just about finding those five guys that all gel and fit well together. If they've found three or four of those guys already and they're just trying to find that last piece of the puzzle and we're not even a week into camp, I think that's a great thing. And like you said, it's a battle right now at that guard spot. Tate Johnson, Brandon Council, Keandre Jones, obviously Keandre, one of the better offensive linemen, at least according to Pro Football Focus, if I'm not mistaken, from last year's squad. Uh, I'm curious to see if he's able to work his way back into the rotation. I'm not sure what's going on there. Although I will say with with Brandon Council, based on his history as a college football player and then also during his time at Auburn, not being able to consistently stay on the field, I'm curious to see if he, while he may not be a presence in fall camp, I'm curious to see if he eventually does make his way back onto the field at some point this season. So I would not count him out just yet. But yeah, I'm really, really, really pleased with what I've seen on the offensive line. And it's a group that Brian Harson did not mention directly by name when he was talking to the media yesterday, talked about the receivers, talked about the defensive backs. But man, if you're starting to solidify that offensive line early in fall camp, it's really, really good. I also will say, yes, what a blessing it is for Auburn to have all of this experience on the offensive line to where they can turn to some of these other guys at guard and have that experience. It's not just some rando freshman. They've got some guys that have been in the room for quite some time that know what they need to do to improve and know what they need to do to get on the field. I think it's a good situation overall. Yeah, and that's development, right? People have been asking for more development at Auburn, and this is a form of it. You got to think if, if Brian Harson is able to write the ship here, you'll see even more of that every single season moving forward, which is great. I am a little concerned that we're not seeing more rotation at the tackles. I'm fine with Zaire and Troxel starting, but both of them have injury-plagued pasts so far, especially Troxel. And so, I mean, he, he talked to the media the other day talking about how he's more healthy. He feels better than he ever has. 
And hopefully that's true. And hopefully this is a stupid point that I bring this up when we look back at this, you know, going into your know, Iron Bowl week or whatever it may be. Hopefully everybody stays healthy and this is not something you have to consider. But, you know, like Colby Smith yesterday lined up at with with the twos at, at tackle. He was at right tackle and Brandon Coffey was at left tackle. There's a slight chance I have those flipped, but those were the two tackles with the twos for a little bit of yesterday's practice. And it's like, I, I wish, and they certainly could be rotating those guys in, but I just think depth there is really, really important. We have the depth in the interior. I'm not sold. We have the depth at tackle. So those are just some names that I'm kind of watching for. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, I will say this about Colby Smith, you know, obviously one of those younger guys, a red shirt freshman right now, but that's what I was going to point out. I mean, if you want to throw somebody out there at left tackle, you would love for them to be sitting around six foot eight, 330 pounds. So yeah, I, I, I'm not thrilled with the depth. Like you mentioned at the tackle spot, I do like our starters. If they can stay healthy, I do like our starters there, but yeah, it's a little bit of a question. It's also a question, you know, if somebody gets hurt, like we saw last season, Right. Where does Auburn go? Does it throw the entire line into a state of flux? Like I mentioned earlier, Harson saying he's just trying to find those five guys that mix and match well together. If one guy goes down, do we see this entire rotation start to shift a little bit? Uh, would not be good for chemistry, so hopefully everybody stays healthy. Yeah, and I thought that was kind of a big value that Brandon Council had just because he's played mm -hmm. everywhere. And so, you know, if Brandon Council doesn't win a starting job, but he's on this roster... You know, maybe he's the backup of three of the five positions, you know, sure. if something were to happen. I think that'll be interesting to follow moving forward. All right. Tavares Dawson or Coy Moore. I'll tell you what I mean in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. I want to tell you about the Locked on Auburn Discord. People are joining every single day. We have a lot of fun as practice notes are dropping after every practice from the from the beat writers and media. And sometimes I'll drop nuggets in there as well. Um, recruiting nuggets fall in there all the time. It's free to join. All you have to do is click the link in the episode description down below. Lance Daw, I saw one report from a beat writer that said Coy Moore was the first up in line for the wide receivers in every drill. And I saw another report that said Tavares Dawson was the first wide receiver, making sure he was the first wide receiver in line for every single um, wide receiver drill. Regardless, of which one of those is more accurate than the other. I think both of these guys have a really, really solid chance to be really 1A and 1B um, as far as, you know, guys that could potentially move the chains in this offense. I know they're competing with Shedrick Jackson. I know Javarius Johnson is going to have a role, but I think these guys are going to be part of that. They may not technically be starters. I think Coy Moore will. And I think there's a solid chance that Tavares Dawson is too, but as far as just that starting wide receiver rotation, I think both of these guys should be pleasant names that folks should be excited about. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what, what Auburn fans have been asking for, right? They've been asking for guys to step up at the at receiver. And when you look across this room right now, Zach, the fact that we're able to bring up three or four names and legitimately say, now here's a guy that has played well thus far that could potentially step up, I think is a great thing. Let's play this game real quick. Tell okay. me if you're confident if this person has a, a, a pretty big role in the offense this year. Okay. Coy Moore. Uh, yes. Tavares Johnson. Yes. Javarius Johnson. No. Okay. Why? You uh, might hear why? 
he's not been running with the ones, at least not from what I've seen as often as, as some of these other guys. I also, uh, there are some off the field things that I'm, I'm concerned about with him. Okay. Shedrick. Uh, yes. Malcolm Johnson jr. Yes. Landon King. Yes. Uh, Camden Brown. Mm, no. Okay. Jay fair. No. All right. Let's do tight ends. Uh, John Samuel Shanker, of yes. course. Right. Um, from, I think he'll be out there, but yeah, I don't think he's going to be, uh, a pass catching threat as often as Shanker will. Although I will say uh, he, he was targeted twice during the time that I was out there. Yeah. And, and deal. Would you put deal in there? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, you're talking about eight guys that, uh, that are going to be catching footballs this year from TJ Finley or Zach Calzado or Robbie Ashford that you feel pretty decent about. And there's a solid chance I left somebody out there. So, I mean, just just looking at all of that, I don't know if we've had that in a few years where it's like, yeah, okay, these guys are putting in work and it seems like they're better now than they were in the spring and definitely mm-hmm. better than they were 365 days ago. Well, it's something that you've talked about a lot, a lot on your podcast, Zach, is that Auburn's got a lot of number two and number three receivers. They don't have that one. Mm-hmm. I think now that we're working our way into fall camp and we're like, oh, we really like this guy or we really like this guy's speed or man, this guy's route running and his hands are impressive. Like Amari Kelly was somebody that we didn't mention that I saw in practice. I had two notes on him saying he had a one handed catch on the sideline yeah. that I thought was impressive. Really, really nice route running during a couple of different drills. I mean, Auburn's got depth. Now, they may not have a particular star out there, Mm. but the fact that they have all of these guys that can at least go out there and get it done, I don't know if Brian Harson's scheme is necessarily going to require somebody to step up and be that number one target. So love the depth that Auburn has at wide receiver. And to go back to what we were saying about Tavares Dawson and Coy Moore, those are two guys that I think could step up and play a much bigger role than anticipated in the spring. Now, how big Tavares Dawson's role is, I'm curious to see. Uh, I definitely think that he's going to be catching some passes for the Tigers this season. Coy Moore is is probably the guy that I would lean towards uh, if I had to pick one uh, over the other. He just looks so fluid in everything that he does. I mean, you talk about Camden Brown being a potential natural wide receiver. Coy Moore, natural wide receiver. Do you think that? Um, do you think that there's a reason to be concerned with the amount of drops that happened yesterday from the receivers? And I saw, yeah, I definitely think that that's an issue. You've got to be able to get that worked out. Uh, I think part of it was, to be honest with you, the accuracy. I saw a couple balls thrown behind a couple of different receivers uh, that could have been caught, but it was definitely a difficult adjustment to make. So I, I think that it's not all on the receivers. I, I definitely think that we're going to have to see chemistry build between these quarterbacks. And to be honest with you, Zach, the way that they're handling it with the rotation yeah. with these three quarterbacks, I don't know if it's necessarily the wisest thing to do if we're trying to build consistency with some of these inexperienced wide receivers. I, I'm expecting that to change. I'm expecting how so. they rotate quarterbacks in practice to change after the first scrimmage. Another name I forgot, Zevion Capers. Would you add him to the list? Um, yes, I would just simply because it's a former four-star kid that's not gotten his opportunity to play. Now, I I definitely think that he would be lower on that, that list of receivers if we're just looking at it from a production standpoint, but he's another guy that's got the physical tools to go out there and make plays. Yeah. I think I like him more than Malcolm Johnson Jr. right now. Really? Really? I think, yeah. And and there's not another receiver that has his speed. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if his speed's going to be utilized. I, I don't know if we have a quarterback that's really going to be able to, to make that worth it. Um, we'll see. But I think the size that Zevion Capers has, I mean, um, Cole Pinkston 
with on three, he wrote an awesome story about like if if Zevion Capers can add 50-50 catches, the ability to go up and get 50-50 balls to his repertoire, like with his size, I mean, that would be incredible. That would be such an asset. And I think in the past, just traditionally, with Auburn wide receivers, separation has been a little bit tough. And like I think we're all having Seth Williams flashbacks right now where it seems like every time, <laughs> every time he was throwing the football, like he had to like beat somebody, like you know, push somebody off of him to get it. Zevion Capers, like if Auburn continues to have that issue, which hopefully we won't, and, and I don't think we'll see that as much this year, but a guy that's as big as Zevion, I, I think it'll help. I think it could potentially, could potentially help the quarterback situation. Yeah, you like the potential out of Zevion as a 50-50 guy. Another guy that has been mentioned as a potential 50-50 guy initially didn't start off his career at Auburn at receiver, Landon King. You know, he's a guy that we saw in the spring go up and get a really nice catch at the end of that game. Like you mentioned, I just want to point this out here real quick. Just a, a fun stat. Well, not, not a fun stat, but you talk about Auburn not necessarily having a quarterback or the desire to really stretch the field consistently with speed. Mm -hmm. uh, you look at TJ Finley. He was second in the SEC in uncatchable ball percentage right behind Vanderbilt's Mike Wright last season. So when, even when Auburn elected to attack downfield with him, they couldn't. And you look at Calzada. 11th in the SEC in explosive pass play percentage. Finley was 10th. Uh, so I'm not, and those, all those numbers are via SEC stat cat. So I don't know. Maybe that changes a little bit this year. Maybe Auburn becomes a little bit more consistent in that area, throwing the ball downfield. But yeah, I don't think the scheme is necessarily going to call on speed or maybe one on one matchups outside, just trying to get somebody on a really, really deep play. Lance Dahl, how can people find all of your written work and also hear your show? Yeah, absolutely. They can go check out my written work over at AuburnDaily.com. Got a lot of really fun stuff coming out there as fall camp continues to march on. You can also listen to the Locked On Kentucky podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Absolutely. Do both those things. You can find all of my written work at AuburnDaily.com as well. And we'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked On Auburn.